Namaste. Sat Nam. Welcome to a thousand serious moves with Amanda Holstein. This is an extremely fucking serious podcast about mysticism, spirituality, the esoteric, maybe a little bit of magic. Recorded from Historic Building 98 in Marfa, Texas. Happy full moon in Sagittarius. This is my fifth time trying to record this introduction. Welcome. If you have any interest in receiving a tarot reading from me, you can do so at www.samantha.as.me. You can also purchase art from my Etsy shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash henayel777. That's H-A-N-A-E-L-777. If you'd like to reach out to me for whatever reason, my email is htxoracle, O-R-A-C-L-E, at gmail.com. All of that information is posted in the show notes. so here we are welcome what's going on over here i'm very prepared for this podcast which is why i'm recording it why would i be recording it if i wasn't totally prepared and knew exactly what i was going to say i've been doing cleaning and a few other things around here on this busy full moon and figured i would Give the people what they wanted, which is a recording of this podcast. Boy, I really am going to keep recording and not stop with what I'm doing. Okay, so here is what I'm actually going to talk about. Play. A couple years ago, I went through that book, The Artist's Way, which was like, it was a really dope experience. I love going through books like that, going through, you know, workbooks where you do exercises. It's like, tell me what to do, right? Like, because if I try to just like sit and meditate and like develop on my own without any other kind of like guidance to assume that like I don't need a fucking teacher or that like I don't need a fucking book. Which is, like, sometimes true because the answers are within, right? Uh, But sometimes it's good to have information. So, I was working through that book, The Artist's Way. One of the things that I learned in that book was the importance of play and going out and doing fun things. So, a couple weeks ago... It was like a Thursday, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go play. What am I going to do to play? And earlier that morning, I had gotten an email from Gordon White from Rune Soup Podcast, and he's in Peru on an ayahuasca retreat right now, and he wrote an email about the significance of being useless. It's like, especially here in America, it's like we try to be useful. It's like we're trying to like 
do things and help and work and like do 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 <laughs> and the significance of like just being right and he also then was talking about play and like playing games and reigniting this sense of playfulness so on that thursday i said i'm going to play and then i'm like okay how do i play like what sounds fun to do and for me it was planting some seeds so i went on the farmer's almanac website and checked in to see what it was like a good day to do depending on the cycle of the moon right because there's some days that's like if you plant seeds on this day the chances of them flourishing are very slim so i checked to make sure that it was a good day to plant seeds or to see what type of gardening might be actually productive to do everything in its season and so it was a good day to plant flowers and seed beds so i went to the dollar general because that's basically the only place where you can get things that are practical here in marfa and got some seeds and soil and some pots and before planting seeds if you want the seeds to grow and flourish before you plant them you can recite psalm 129 seven times over the plants i think it's psalm 129 it's the one that goes um Oh, how does it go? For seeds for sowing shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing it. Uh, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south those who sow in tears shall reap in joy he who continually goes forth weeping bearing seed for sowing shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him i think that's psalm 129 if you're it's definitely in the 120s so if, if you're curious you could recite that psalm seven times over your seeds before you plant them you can also purchase a magical psalms booklet from me from my etsy shop so reciting that psalm over the seeds seven times and then talking to them, right? Like this is what we're learning here is by we, I mean me and whoever else is included in that we, is that plants grow and flourish more abundantly when we are giving them love and care and attention this is indicated in the book the secret power of plants which i sometimes refuge refuge which i sometimes reference yeah, take refuge in the plants and then also the book plant spirit shamanism and i'm sure it's mentioned in many other books that when we send love and care and attention to the seeds and to the plants that they grow and flourish more abundantly and as a side note that makes me think about how we treat each other and how we treat animals and the world around us. Because sometimes we 
sometimes I, sometimes one might <clears throat> think that everything is like separate, but remembering the interconnectivity. And so even plants that people would send them love afar off, like not even like being in the same space as them, but even just like sending them love, that those plants still continue to grow and to flourish more abundantly than the ones that didn't. And so that makes me think of the power of prayer, the power of sending love consciously to another person or to a plant or to an animal. So for me, you know, it's like my dog, Toops, shout out, Toops, is sending him love. And, you know, it's funny, I think about the love of the universe what one might call God, um, the great consciousness. Um, you could even say that love is that, is that, the love is everything. And my dog is of a certain age and he's blind and deaf and he has all these skin tags on him, right? And um, when I pick him up and I hold him and I'm giving him love I truly mean it with all my heart whenever I say to him that he's perfect I call him my perfect angel baby <laughs> and I really do feel that within me completely and it's funny that I can see that about him that he has no eyes, he cannot hear, and he's got all these skin tags on him, but to me, he's so fucking perfect. And I think about the love of God, the love of the universe, how we are that love, and how we too are perfect angel babies. I know this seems like really, well, whatever, who gives a fuck? You know, this is this podcast, like, I'm going to say whatever I want. Okay, it's like doubt, self-doubt. That's like the last thing that the Buddha was confronted with, right? Before he achieved stable realization or enlightenment while sitting under the Bodhi tree was like, you know, uh, Mara said, who do you think you are to take the seat of a Buddha? This is like that doubt, right? So that like coming up being like, you're being too, you're being too like, woo, you're being too love. Like, I'm like, oh my fucking God, dude. Like this, that's what this podcast is about spirituality. Like to me, it's like, that's love. And that doesn't mean that like tough shit doesn't happen. But I see that as also love. So to me, it's expanding my view of what love is. That it's not just, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to, um, you know, be naive about things. Like, oh, everything is fine. Let me turn to blind eye, right? But we also have like, the ability to like um, have discipline, 
have wisdom. Um, there's so many nuances to reality. And so I guess I'm not going to solve that right here, right now. But I did want to say that about my dog, how, how perfect I see him with all his, I can't even call them imperfections. Like that word just doesn't even make sense to call them imperfections. It's like, he's exactly perfect the way that he is. And I do believe that so am I. And so are you actually. And I don't believe in an external creator God, like a, a father outside me, but I do believe in a loving higher power of which I am a part. Sometimes when I go in to pray and I'm, I'm coming in where it's like, I don't even want to pray. I don't even want to meditate. I can't even like settle down. Right. Like, and it's like, I go in to pray and then I, I just like, just like, okay, calm down until I'm filled with compassion. Like calm down until I'm filled with love. Calm down. Like don't leave before the miracle happens, right? Like I don't have to live in the chaos of my mind and I can get so wrapped up in trying to do things and accomplish and like be. And it's like, it's also okay to not, right? Like it's also okay to, to not try to accomplish everything and to, it's like, why are we doing these things anyway? Right? Like, is it, you know, oh, I'm, I'm writing this book so that I can get published and then people can find it and then I can get famous and then I can finally prove to whomever that I'm good enough. Right? Like finally proved to my mom, finally proved to my dad, finally proved to that bitch from high school who my boyfriend flirted with when I was 14. Right? Like, it's like, who am I trying to prove myself to? And I have to tell you, based on my own experience, that having achieved basically everything that I've set out to achieve so far in my life, that when I was doing it for those type of reasons, it was never enough because I always needed more. It was like as soon as I accomplished one thing, then it was like, okay, now I need to get this thing. Now I need to get that thing. And, and part of it too is that like nobody gives a flying fuck, right? Like, like nobody cares. Like, let's say like, let's say I, my motivation for this like ego driven recognition is some bitch, right? Okay. You can already hear the resentment. This is an example, right? This is not totally real. It's based on some truth, but not totally. So like, let's say that like, I still have a resentment towards some chick who flirted with my boyfriend in like freshman year of high school. Right? Like, let's say that <laughs> at my age that I'm, let's pretend as if I'm still carrying that resentment from high school. Right? I'm not, but let's pretend. That person probably is never going to hear about the accomplishments that I'm doing to spite them. And then even if they do, 
what are the possible responses? A, they either don't give a fuck because they're like married and have kids by now. And they're just like not even thinking about me that way. Or B, let's say they also have some type of resentment and some type of like connection to the situation too, right? And then what? I make them feel like shit and that makes me feel better? That sounds like some parasitic type shit where I'm, I'm feeding off of someone else's energy. Where I'm getting my validation from making somebody else feel bad because I feel bad. So I'm wanting to spread negativity. Is that right? I'm very grateful that I don't have to live like that anymore because that's the kind of shit that makes me sick. That's the kind of shit that would literally make me starve myself to try to be good enough. That's the kind of shit that would make me binge and purge to try to make me feel like I was in control. That's the kind of shit that I would snort some type of drugs over. That's the kind of shit that I would drink over. That's the kind of shit that I would spend too much money on clothes that aren't going to make me happy because I want to look and feel better than somebody else that I resent. But there's an alternative today, right? Which is forgiveness. Releasing those old resentments that fuck me we've carried around for so long this like program that's running in the back of our mind that slows down our processing ability and actually keeps us from really achieving the things that we want to achieve and being happy being the person that we are actually wanting to be I don't know maybe you want to be resentful I mean I guess that's like a game that I played for a while I didn't really know that there was an alternative to it. Everything in its due season, right? Which brings me back to the story of the plants. My play date with, what did I plant that day? Columbine, sunflowers, zenia. I repotted a tomato plant and some basil. I already have some sage growing, some marigold, then just like a flower mixture. A couple other types of flowers that I can't pr- pronounce. <laughs> I was going to say can't produce, can't pronounce. Um, just realized I had glue, glue on my leg. Anyway, so I sidetrack. I'm... So yeah, so I'm like working with these plants, right? And then I'm like, okay, so I plant the seeds. And then I'm like, okay, what else can I do today? Working on getting to know the local flora and fauna. So I decide to go for a walk. So I grab my basket and go for a walk. And I start gathering flowers that are growing pretty abundantly. There were a couple purple, flurple, purple flowers that I wanted to pick, but I didn't see enough of them along the way. So I didn't want to just pick like the few that are 
that were there, I said, I'll, okay, I'll wait for there to be more purple flowers before I pick them. So I made sure to pick flowers where I could see that they were growing in abundance. And I made sure to bring offerings with me, which took the form of some change. And so I'd walk up to the plant and I'd say, hi. And I'd comment on the qualities of the plant and I'd talk to it and I would ask the plant if I may have a few flowers to get to know the usefulness, the, the qualities that these plants have, right? These are spirits. And then I would leave some change. And then I would make note about which plants were kind of growing together and what are the qualities of the plants that I could observe that, oh, this one, it's kind of it's like the flowers are kind of like the stems are kind of tangled. So what does that mean? And like, oh, these flowers, they look like goldenrod. And I know goldenrod is associated with bringing in money. And, um, you know, these plants grow together. And, oh, what is the yellow, right? So I'm like, I'm just observing and getting to know these plants. Like, just like how we get to know each other, our fellow humans over time, and we start to observe their qualities, and then we get to know them by interacting with them more. Like these relationships are built over time, right? Because I have plenty of books on herbs and their magic, you know, plants and their magical and medicinal and practical purposes. But I mean, you know, I still have to keep flipping back to the section on, you know, mimosa, even though I you know, talk to the mimosa tree regularly because there's only, you know, the book is like, it takes time of like actually talking with the plant and getting to know the plant and observing the qualities and interacting with it that I start to get to know more than just what the book says, right? So I'm gathering the plants and then I come home and then I have that picture this app where you take a picture and it tells you what they are so I get to know their names and then I make note of their qualities and then I I bundle them in bunches to hang as they dry above my doorway so then as I'm doing that I'm sitting under the mimosa tree right and uh, actually I'll go back so while I was gathering plants I saw in one of the purple flower growths that there was a baby hawk feather it was like a you know it's like baby birds how like their feathers are kind of like soft and kind of like cottony um so there's like this sense of like a baby hawk and like I was told by a, a gentleman whose last name was hawk that Hawk means that you can see things that other people can't see. You have clear sight. So I was grateful for the baby hawk feather and I gathered it to put in my hat. And then I came back home and I was later sitting under the mimosa tree. And on my arm... I felt a bug crawling and I looked and it was a baby scarab beetle. And I know that the scarab is often associated with rebirth and 
He's the one that rolls the sun in in the morning. It's like a facilitator of rebirth. So, and then I see the baby scarab fly away. And then I come back into my room to grab my basket of flowers. And then I look on my arm and the baby scarab beetle is back. And so on this day of play, from interacting with the planting of the seeds, the newness, like getting put into the soil, in the motif of like the baby hawk and the baby scarab, it was like this new, like new phase, like awakening and like a new cycle beginning you see because the day before I had had a really really tough conversation with the person that I'm dating right now (laughs) and learning how to communicate and be conscious and loving and honest in a new romantic relationship and setting a firm foundation for the groundwork of of being honest because we come into relationships with with trauma and triggers right and so this is my first relationship of like not being in some type of like disease or addiction or something since high school right like and even then like the codependency was real when i was like 15 right with my first boyfriend So this is like my first relationship to be in after being single for two years and doing a lot of recovery with drug addiction and codependency. And so learning how to navigate a new relationship from a healthy perspective, which entails having sometimes like uncomfortable, difficult conversations. Um, It's like, I don't want to put all my shit on the table, right? I don't want you to know my triggers and my trauma because I I start to think that that's somehow like a poor reflection on me rather than like areas of my life that that have been wounded and that I'm healing. And then also like bumping up against somebody else's like trauma and experiences, right? Because in the past, I've ignored those things. I would drink about it or act like that problem wasn't there. And then it always ends up coming up. It always ends up coming out. Like turning a blind eye to it doesn't make it go away. So it's either confront it now, deal with the flat tire now, or keep driving and then end up busting out the other ones or fucking up your alignment, making things worse in the long run. So learning to confront, you know, in the 12 steps, we call these defects of character. It's like, or resentments or trauma, pain, I dealt with this like huge issue that had been plaguing me for a couple months in this uncomfortable conversation. And then that next day, that day of play, that day of release, it was like the baby scarab, the the new seeds planted, the baby hawk, like the new cycle beginning. And what's amazing is that whenever I came back in that day, like at the end of the day and was taking a shower, I felt so cleaned out from the inside. You know, when you take mushrooms and you have a really good trip and then like on the other side of the trip, you just feel like a lot lighter. You just feel like cleaned out. I had that experience 
from simply being in nature with my hands in the soil, planting the seeds, talking to the, just simply being in nature cleansed my soul. I felt more grounded, I felt more connected, and I was able to have these beautiful synchronicity signs right in front of my fucking face without needing to be on any substance. And that's a miracle for me because y'all know, I say it basically every fucking episode, how much I love psychedelics, I love the spiritual experience. And now I'm learning how to live my life from that spiritual experience, that my life is the spiritual experience, even in the grime, even in the uncomfortable. I don't have to stay stuck in it. And there's so many different ways to play and to look at, like, how can I loosen up? Like, how can I lighten the load? How can I lighten the burden today? And remember that like everything is perfect. Everything is exactly the way that it's supposed to be. All is well. All is well. All is well. Even when it doesn't feel like it is. All is well. And then of course I have, I have like doubt in my head where I'm like, well, what about this? Like what, what about people in the Ukraine? Like what about people in like genocide like what about this what about that right it's like I don't know I don't know what that experience is like for those people over there maybe they chose that right like maybe that's the life that they chose maybe that's the experience that they chose and I guess that's sort of like looking at the nuance of the situation right but for me right? For me, I think it's better to also remember that like, I don't know everything. And it's not my job to know everything. And it's not my job. I'm saying I'm realizing as I'm saying this, like, it's not my job to like, try to like do some type of apologetics on the way that reality functions like as if I know everything as if I know anything really which is why I try to just keep it on my experience and then just plug into the higher power whenever I start to feel doubt another thing my dog he is truly one of my greatest teachers so sometimes when I've been gone all day and I'm standing in the bathroom brushing my teeth he'll paw at me and he'll paw at my leg because he wants me to pick him up and to hold him or maybe a treat but I think about how much I love him and it's like of course I want to pick him up of course I want to give him a treat. And now sometimes when when he's like he's crying a lot and I want to like ignore him how he like he'll keep crying cuz he's like oh he wants a treat he can smell some food that he wants. And how I end up almost always giving in. Like sometimes I'll I'll spray him with a spray bottle if I'm like no you can't have that like you know can't give him everything, right? 
But just how often, like, if he just asks, right? Like, if he just paused at me, like, of course I want to hold you. Of course I want to give you love. And I think about the higher power in that way. How, right? Like it says in the New Testament, it's like, you know, how much more would your father in heaven give unto you, right? Like, no, no father whose son, right? No good father, at least, whose son asks for fish will give him a stone, right? It's like we've heard before, maybe that's like, ask and you shall receive. Like, you have not because you ask not. What's the harm in asking and pouring out our heart and saying our woes and trusting that the higher power loves us and that love abounds regardless. That I could yell, I could scream, I could cry, I could beg, I could plead. And there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God however you define it. And I think that's always a good reminder, for me at least, that I choose to believe that the universe is for me and so is everything else. The universe conspires in my favor and things work out even better than I had planned. All is well and well always will be. Selah.